What up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. My name's John, and I'm just introducing this episode here, letting you know that we are on part two of our conversation with Chris Burnham. Chris Burnham has been a professional wrestling, you know, a, a member of the professional wrestling industry for the for a long time, for the last few years. If you missed part one of this conversation, you need to go back and check that episode out. We talk all about ringside commentary and some of the do's and don'ts and common problems associated with that. And this week, we're talking about ring announcing. Great conversation ahead of you, specifically about ring announcing. we got a few other tidbits at the end. Please check us out on social media at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. Otherwise, sit back and enjoy this episode as we interview Mr. C. M. Burnham. This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Talk to me about uh, ring announcing. Okay. Talk to me about being a live ring announcer and bringing people to the ring and introducing yeah, them. Yeah, so... The basic fun. This this is one that I've been asked about a lot uh-huh. um, by people at shows because, it, it, for whatever reason, it seems to be the one thing that I guess a lot of fans feel like. I see that this guy's in there, and I could be like that, and that's right. good because right. I tell people who are new ring announcers all the time, you are just like all these people in the stands, mm-hmm. except you're special because yeah. you get to be in the ring. Right. You're the bridge between them, between sure. them and the wrestlers. And so that's the easiest way to relate to them. Um, I've been ring announcing, uh, like I said, since my first gig was in 2000, what did I say, 2008, 2009, somewhere right. there. Yeah. Uh, and ring announcing is a very difficult thing to get into mm-hmm. because most promoters rely upon like the same core group of people. They're, they're all, they're, one time there were like about four or five of us, uh-huh. and we worked everywhere. Right. So it's hard to break through that particular circle unless somebody comes in ground level and building a brand new federation and is going to fill it up on their own with sure. people. So the much like commentary, the purpose of a ring announcer is to engage the crowd and to begin painting that picture. Right. And so the more details that people can give us. Absolutely in terms of a nickname, in terms of gotcha. if you want something cool with, with your yeah. stats, um, right. whatever it is, then then that gives us more to play with and we know how to make this work. Um, ring announcing, like today, if you watch television, mm-hmm. ring announcers are so far background yeah. these days. Uh, but we, like, there were ring announcers when I was growing up and when you were growing up yep. who were very prominent people. Absolutely. Howard Finkel was the voice for so many people in as far as, as what, and he had a very signature style of how he did what he did. Yep. Lillian Garcia had a very significant style for how she did what she did. Absolutely. And going further back, people like Boyd Pierce in, at Mid-South were, were very stylistically different. And the guy that I stole, I, I mean, I, locally I was influenced by several people, uh, again, Mike Isles, who yeah. did a lot of ring announcing. Ray Martinez, mm-hmm. who's a, who brought broke in as a ring announcer as well. There was a guy down in Oklahoma City named Jesse Storm mm-hmm. who was uh, a radio personality and who was tremendous as a ring announcer, I felt. Right. Um, but as far as a national scale, uh, Jeremy Borash yeah, okay. is who I stole most of my big level match announcement style from. And I truly just stole it straight yeah, off yeah. of him yeah. because it worked 
so well. It made the matches feel different. There was a different style of introduction he did. He made sure to acknowledge the referee right. in the main event, which is something nobody tends to right. do. And as a ring announcer, I usually always try to name the referees mm-hmm. once because they often get overlooked. Sure, and again, the WWE just yeah. kind of downplays them and says, yeah, well, yeah. these people have no names. They just have right. special shirts. Right. Um, so I always acknowledge them. I always, I, even in the, in the main event and, uh, announcing, I'll go as far as to point out what colors people are wearing because sure. this is all sure. designed to hype up and make this, these people big. seem yeah, bigger and more significant than anything else that you've seen on the card. Um, the, and these are all tools that I picked up along the way and that I, when I was, when Tuck Davian came mm-hmm. in uh, and began ring announcing, Tuck somehow was brought towards me mm-hmm. and uh, Tuck would learn to say to me, what do you? How do you think I did? What do I need to right, work on? Right. We would go out after every SRPW show that I went to, and and eat at that little place near where the arena was. Mm-hmm. And Tuck would come sit by me or in front of me or whatever. Right. And there's there's a great picture that his girlfriend at the time took of the two of us in this booth. And I'm clearly talking about things that he either did right or wrong. I right, don't right. Because he did more right than wrong. Sure. Right? He, he didn't believe that, but he yeah, did. Yeah. And he still doesn't believe that. Yeah, um, and, and Tuck is sitting in, in the booth, and he's got his hands in his lap, yeah. and he's just, he's absorbing. He's yes. absorbing this yeah, information yeah. completely. He's, and that's great, because look where Tuck is now, and look what Tuck has done yeah. now. It's incredible. He is, beyond a doubt, yeah. in, my, in my opinion yeah, yeah. and opinions of, of most people, I think, the best ring announcer that this state has. Yeah. Um, and, and he fits... So many of the checkboxes that even I don't fit. Mm-hmm. One of the arguments against me that was, that was held against me and against Mike Isles for being a ring announcer, those two, us two especially, yeah. was that we're too big. Yeah, too big. Yeah, um, yeah. You want, and, you, and, I, and I get it now. I didn't at the time because I was sure, really was selfish. Fine. I was like, man, I want to be in there. I want to be doing this right, stuff. Right, right. And I get it now that in many instances you want somebody who's small. Yeah. And Tuck's a small guy. Um, and if you don't have a small guy to work with, then if you can get a talented girl in. We had yeah. um, Jamie, uh, was her name? Uh, I can't think of her last name now. But Jamie worked, did ring announcing for Compound. Right. Before her, uh, Kitty, who was even smaller, mm-hmm. did them. And you have these small people. They make the wrestlers look they even do. bigger than they already bigger. are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so beyond the physical appearance and beyond the, the style, you just have to have... I, I desperately wish, and I'm so thankful I don't see this very often anymore, mm-hmm. but I, I desperately wish the promoters would think about making sure that ring announcers have an ability to clearly yeah. enunciate what's happening. Right. Because if I go to a show, and even if I'm, let's just for the moment cast aside the, the fact that I'm going to a show and I'm taking a notepad and I'm trying to write these matches down so I can record them from my website, I still want to know who these people are. Sure. And if you are a fledgling wrestler, you probably haven't had enough money to buy custom gear, so you're not going to have your name on your tights, and you may not necessarily be at a place that is able to put uh, a Tron up in order to have an entrance video for you. So the one chance I have to find out who you (laughs) are is when that ring announcer says your name. And if the ring announcer says that your name is I. I'm immediately uninvested yeah. because I have no idea who uh, is. Sure. So please make sure that you're, the people that you pick can talk clearly. Absolutely. And that they... Okay, so I'm going to tell a story. Here. Yeah, go ahead. I was thinking about this story coming up here. Ever since we arranged to do right. this, I was thinking about this story. Tell it to me. So you're going to rem- maybe remember this story. Okay. 
There was a girl who did ring announcing mm-hmm. um, in the Merck days. Okay. Okay. Her name was Amanda. Okay. And she's a sweet girl. Absolutely. She's a really sweet girl. I don't um, exactly what you're talking about. Okay, good, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, very nice. But had no business in the wrestling business. Right. And for whatever reason, mm-hmm. she was made a ring announcer right. um, in Merck, and then I know that she was a ring announcer in UWE. Yes. And from what I understand, and I was not there, mm-hmm. so if this is not applicable to either of those promoters, they can right. clearly come to me and say, I didn't do that. Right. What I was told is that at some point, by one of the two promoters who used her, mm-hmm. she was told as her entire guidance on how to ring announce, mm-hmm. go out there and be loud. <laughs> and what we got yeah. was a high pitched squeak. Right. A, a shrill. A shrill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Un- unintelligible. That was all she knew. And, and the first time I saw her, because it had been a while, um, by the time she was the, that I was able to come out to a show, it had been several months since she had, well, she'd been ring announcing. Right. And that was what I saw, and I was like, oh my God, somebody needs to help her. They right. need to help her so much because right. this is not what, this is nobody, this is no one favors. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do her any favors. It right. doesn't do the wrestler favors. It doesn't do the show any favors. Not at all. To have somebody go out and, and do that. Right. So, yeah. Um, pick people who can speak clearly. Mm-hmm. Pick people who can um, have a presence, right? but they don't necessarily need to be a personality. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I used to fight against this at times, mm-hmm. and Tuck and I had some discussions about this, but I think it's okay, especially in today's indie wrestling where mm-hmm. money is better, but it's still not necessarily always there. Yeah. If you're a ring announcer, it's probably helpful if you can sell some something to sure. help supplement your income. Okay. And that means you gotta be a personality yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can be a personality. What you don't what what you want to do is to know when to be a personality. Right, right. If you're going into the ring and you're hyping up the crowd, that's great. Right. But when you bring those guys out, unless you have a pre established relationship with people right. like there's a wrestler in, in uh, core whose name is Lockdown. Mm-hmm. And we did a, a gimmick with him one time when we were over at Compound. Uh, he did a vice grip for mm-hmm. his finisher. Right. He put me in that vice grip and right. put me out because I couldn't be at a show. Sure, so he put sure, me in sure. a, a vice grip and I was out uh, for a show. So ever since he's been back on the card, yeah. I have always gotten up from the ring announce table and retreated. I've never announced right, his matches right, okay. and I've pulled <laughs> full distance continuity. to sell yeah, continuity, yeah. right? There was a wrestler uh, down in Oklahoma City named Third Rail mm-hmm. who was a very large, he was like a, a, a big african-american vader right and um he jesse storm would do a similar thing with him that's kind of where i got the idea when when rail would come to the ring he'd bring this big chain and storm would go to the outside he wouldn't like retreat any further that but he would get out of the ring right when when rail made his entrance in uh if rail was working heel sure and it all began to sell how much of a monster this guy was right if you do that that's fine but if you're if you're in there and you have to you have to get your personality over mm-hmm. the personalities of the wrestler, then you're in the wrong place. Right. It's not about you. You're you're there to make them seem better and you have to, to know how to do that and yeah. and understand your position. It's almost it that. would almost be like like taking liberties like you know you like like we we talk about wrestlers taking liberties with one because we give our bodies mm-hmm. to our opponent so we expect them if they're going to throw a punch at us they're not going to explode our face 
So like we, we depend on the ring announcer to bring us to the ring and not say, coming up next, um, it's, you know, he's got a beard, but it's not quite as good as mine. Yeah. It's John Cross. Like, you know, yeah. like you wouldn't, that's, yeah. that's like taking liberties because no. I can't, I, you know, for all rights, like, I mean, I completely interrupt everything by then like going, well, now I got to grab the microphone and say something back to this announcer yeah. now, yeah. you know, like now I've got to interrupt the whole flow of everything. But um, everything that you just said, like having being able to clearly enunciate and, and know, you know, and saying things and having enough information, even going back to what you first started talking about, having having their nicknames, having whatever other, other information they want, whether it be a hometown or, or whatever, you know, like stuff like that. Super, super important to the story. And uh, it just adds to the overall appeal. And having a personality, like you said, I mean, like Tuck has a personality. He's got a bow tie and like that works that's it. He's the guy in the bow tie, and it works great. He doesn't use it to, to, to like overshadow the wrestlers or anything. You know, that's that's. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Like yeah. I, I love that. Michael Buffer had a personality. You know yes. what I mean? Like there you go. Don West had a personality. Yes. There's, there's the. It's it's perfectly fine. And if you can make money, if if Tuck can sell uh, bow tie stickers at the merch table, you know, <laughs> hey, I am all for that. Well, I was going to say that's one of the things I enjoy about the ring announcers mm-hmm. is because sometimes. They're, they feel like they're not dressed appropriately, so I can't recognize them for maybe just a fan coming in. And when they, yeah. when, they have, when they have something on that's just like a bow tie or a little, like even a suit jacket <laughs> or just something that says, oh, Anything, this guy's you know. important because he's not dressed in T-shirt and jeans. Yeah, that, that is, that, uh, and, and that's a, just a sign of, of kind of the level of company that you're working with mm-hmm. because, uh, yeah, there's... There's plenty of, of wrestling shows out there, and I see videos of them because, unfortunately, I know people who still compete on some of them, where, right. like you say, the, the ring announcer shows up, and he's in jeans and a T-shirt, right. and the the um, the wrestlers are barely in any type of thing, sure. resembling gear, sure. and it's just, that's that's a low, that, in my mind, that's a sign of a low-level thing where the, even the promoter doesn't have standards and isn't yeah. interested in trying to make the product look as good as it can. Right. And if I'm looking at that, I'm uh, like, why, why do I want to watch this? Mm-hmm. I really don't want I'm just going to fast forward to the end of this and see how my guy won. There okay, you go. Cool. Yeah. There you That's go. it. That's all I care about. You're not wrong, man. It's yeah. all in the presentation as well. One of the things I've seen you do twice with... Um, uh, He's the guy that the wine guy. Miles uh, Plunkett. Yeah. yeah, and he comes in and you announce him, and then he then you go to him and you say, "Hey, he wants you know he whispers in your ear, and then uh, you announce his name." Uh, yeah, I'll bring him out as Miles Plunk yeah. because that's what right. it looks like on the card. And, right. yeah, this, right. and this is a gimmick that he came up with, as far as I'm aware, because yeah. I, I I've I've seen it work. I saw him work it with Tuck before right, I right. did it myself. But um, yeah, the name is spelled P L O N K. Mm-hmm. So you look at that, and you think it's Plonk. Yeah. And yeah. but he's a distinguished gentleman of class. Yeah. So of course it's going to be something that's not yes. that. And so he'll get upset. He'll come to me and he'll whisper in my ear, and then I will correct myself. And that's that's one of the things why I mean by say that ring announcers need to know their place yeah. right. because you can contribute to something like that. Right. Mike Isles um, in in early SRPW, um, he had this thing going with with Bobby Burns, Mm -hmm. where Bobby would come in and make him hold the Texas flag and put the Mm -hmm. cowboy hat on him and announce him with that stuff. And and Isles would take it even so great where he would look at, like he's about to announce Bobby, and I will do the same thing at at times with people, where he's gonna bring Bobby out, and so he's like, fans, are you ready for the next match? All right, and then he looks at the card as if he'd just seen it for the first time, and they'll go, Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) And then he'll say it, but it was a, from the great state of Texas, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. then clearly tells the audience, yeah. Yeah. this guy's in a jerk. 
and yeah. you don't gonna like him. And then he comes in and he hypes it up even more by oh, making yeah. making Mike hold this stuff and do his stuff. And and a little again, little things like that in the entrance is mm-hmm. so helpful in establishing a character. Even doing something um, with, like I say, with, with the stats, like. A long time ago, we, we established that Sam Stackhouse weighed more than the scale can handle. Right. He's right. the only entrance that I put a weight on because right. it's part of that gimmick. Yeah. And I love that. There was a, a tag team down in Oklahoma City uh, who ran by several different names. But for when they did this, they were known as Trailer Park Trash. Mm-hmm. And they were both uh, probably about 125 pounds each. Right. And when they came to the ring, they were announced at 1,462 crushed beer cans. <laughs> See? Because yeah. it's funny. I love it. Because that's great. Uh, Tyson James and, and yeah. um, what was his tag team partner? Um, uh, he hates me now. <laughs> um, nice. What was his name? Uh, he became a police officer, and I can't think of his name. Oh, anyway, uh, Brett? Brett. Brett, Brett Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. yeah. They came out one time as a tag team, and I cannot remember what it was right now, but they gave me... Something funny to introduce them yeah. from, from and, and they're a total combined weight of awesome. Oh, there you a go. total combined weight of awesome. Loved it. Yeah. If you can do stuff like that, yeah. then I will put things in there for that. Um, right. Jake McCoy, who just recently passed away, mm-hmm. um, used to be announced as, as standing somewhere between six foot and six foot one, depending on what convenience store he just came out of. <laughs> uh, See, it's if you, you can play around with this good. stuff, yeah. I like it, and you can enhance personalities. And this is all something that the wrestlers and the ring announcers can do if, yeah. again, like you say, if they communicate with each other and if the wrestler understands this is something I can use to help get mm-hmm. me over. Well, I know with Niles, Niles or Miles? Niles. Niles. When Niles came out, you know, the crowd wasn't really sure if right. he was a heel, right. if he's a face, right. or what's right. going on. And then once you announce that, everyone's booing. Like, it's that. very clear, I don't like this guy, Absolutely. he's a jerk. Absolutely. So, um, it's so important to me to see stuff like that, too, and I love utilizing the ring announcer to do that. It's it's so, I'm, I personally am like, like, so over the, like, stereotypical, like, I jump in this corner and everybody boos me, and I jump in this corner and everybody cheers me, and then we jump them from behind and, and attack them. So like, I, I don't know, is it, or, or just walking out through the curtain and you got to establish yourself as a heel immediately, right? So I walk through the curtain and the first thing I say to dead silent fans is, "Y'all shut up," you know, like yeah, I, right. I now at least they know I'm a bad guy, even though, and it's so like like just overplayed, overblown, and the things like like what Niles does, like I absolutely love. I eat that stuff up, and it immediately makes me. And when I, if I heard an announcement like these people weigh as much as a, a few hundred thousand beer cans, like if I was like on the verge of napping or like, man, I think I'm gonna go to the bathroom in this match or go to the concession yeah, yeah, stand, yeah. and then I hear something like that, I'm like, maybe I'll pay attention to this match. Yeah. Like that was really interesting. I got at least what these guys look like. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I mean, so I, I don't, I don't know, guys. You gotta utilize these things. These are ring announcers, commentators. These people are there to help enhance you. Like they're, they are there to help you and to just help the overall show, the broadcast in general, come off as uh, more professional and better and more entertaining and more colorful. Absolutely. Well, anything else ring announcing like that you want to hit? Anything we didn't touch on already? I think you made some really I, good points there. No, I think really yeah. that those are the, the big points. Yeah. Um, look like you belong on the show. Sure. Speak as clearly, clearly as you can and communicate with the people that you're that you're bringing out so that you know if you how you could help them because again it's it's about you as the person in there helping this whole production make it seem bigger and larger than life absolutely and one of the big takeaways that since i've been listening to you and really getting a good feel for mm-hmm. what you know all goes into ring announcing and commentary uh, you know just we got this facebook group that everyone's on mm-hmm. hey guys so if you're training to be a wrestler but 
I think sometimes, and this is just my opinion, I'm not a pro mm-hmm. wrestler, I'm not a ring dancer, but just from the outside looking in, because like, I would want to be a pro. Like If I had the opportunity when I was in my 20s to train for it, I probably would have mm-hmm. given it an opportunity. But I I think I probably would have thought, oh, well, if I have to do announcing or commentary, and I don't mean offense to this, but it would be like a step down. Right, you're think you you don't. You, I think right, we right, maybe right. as a profession That's you the don't. Perception. Yeah, like, you yeah, don't yeah, give yeah. it the authority and realize how much work it takes to be Absolutely. good. Absolutely, because I'll tell you this: for me, I think athletically, I would be better able to perform in the ring than I could talk, you right, know, right, for three right. hours. Like, that's right. just not, it, it would take me right. a whole lot of work to be able to do that. So, because um, you said at the beginning about um, trying to get guys into the business to be able to do that and really learning this skill. And I think this is something that enough guys aren't really sure. putting effort to do. Like, there's more opportunities in this than right. just getting in the ring and wrestling. Absolutely. There's, there's plenty of guys that I've seen that were not... They're not cut out to be professional wrestlers. Maybe that's their goal. Maybe that's what they want to do, and they're probably going to have to experience it to find out that they're not. Yeah. But uh, then they maybe become discouraged and leave the business altogether. When in reality, there are other places you can go. There's other routes you can take. And when I find guys like a, like a Nick Chin or something that that uh, he's a referee, mm-hmm. so like that he's yeah. like, I just want to be a referee, and I studied to be more skilled at being a referee and craft that particular skill. That like. That excites me, yeah. like to to know that it's not just because I grew up in a lot of companies like this. It's not just the wrestlers that aren't ready to have matches right. that are being the referees. It's actually people that give a damn about being referees, being referees. Mm-hmm. You know, so now take that to the commentary team or the ring announcing and stuff. Like, it's not just it's not just a guy that's like, man, I wish they would hurry up and let me have my first match, but I'll do the ring announcing tonight. No, it's a guy that's actually putting some time and effort into learning that skill and being good at that particular skill. When I came I, in, I, I, like discounting the early stuff that I did with the commentary when I started mm-hmm. doing the ring announcing, in my mind I said, I want to, for lack of a better term, I want to master this skill. Yeah. Right, right, I right, right. want yeah. to do everything I possibly can with this, I, I want I want to announce a cage match. I want sure. to announce a rumble. I want yeah. to do all these different styles. I want to work with people. I want to do. And when I got to that point, mm-hmm. that I felt like okay, I've done everything. I don't have to do anything else. Then is when I kind of started to to feel what else what else can I do? I was doing that. I was doing the commentary thing. Those are fine. Is there anything else I can do? That was when Drake Gallows came right. to me and said. Uh, actually, no, that was when um, Mid-South restarted and said, how would you like to be commissioner? And mm-hmm. I said, yeah. I have an opportunity to put a microphone in my mind, in my mouth, but I don't have to be yeah. out there all the time. I yeah, think I can perfect. do that because I've yeah. got a theater background. I know how to talk and when right. to talk. And the only thing I had to learn was that it wasn't scripted. So I had to learn how to improv and talk nicely. And, um, and that wasn't too difficult, but right. I, could, uh, I could make that work. As well, and it's a lot of the same skills in there. So yeah, when 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 I have approached any of these things, my mind has always been like, I want to do everything I possibly can here, and then when I start to feel like I, there's nothing else for me to right. do, then oh, and this this actually is one other thing. Yeah. If you're going yeah. to leave these positions, mm-hmm. if you're in this situation, like I was ring announcer for such a long time for Compound, right? Um, I wanted to leave that. I wanted to go do something else. Right. And that was right around the same time that SRPW shut down when you were involved with it. Gotcha, gotcha. And Tuck had been in there for his time mm-hmm. and was looking to leave SRPW for some other reasons. Mm-hmm. And so 
I talked, I don't know honestly which of these two things happened first. I don't know if I talked to Mike too and said, I know this guy, he's really good, can we bring him in, replace me, and I can transition over to this other position? Right. Or if I said, or if, if Mike too was contacted by Tuck and then he contacted me and said, do you know who this guy is? And right. I said, yeah, he's really good, how about we do this thing? One way or the other, I found a replacement. Right. And that's like what you shouldn't do is what happened to me especially like down a lot with the broadcasting uh -huh. and that is just leave and right. not say here's who's the person who's going to step in right. because then somebody somebody has to be there somebody's got to ring right. announce right. somebody's got to do the commentary if you're going to have commentary and if you don't prepare someone to step into your position yeah. then it can be very awkward and you can end up with people who are not great until you find somebody who's there right. And that may take longer than you want. Yeah, absolutely. No. I absolutely think that's a great point, though. You know, and it also shows a little bit of, um, you know, a little more commitment to that company that you're you're helping provide them with uh, somebody to replace you if you're leaving for whatever reason it might be, or if you're moving to a different position for whatever it might be, or, or getting promoted or whatever it could be, like a, just a different role in general. So that's a great way to put it to show that you're actually committed to helping the company, not. Not yes. just yourself, you know, like absolutely. So, well, heck yeah. Um, I, uh, I love it. I love everything you talked about ring announcing and even commentary as well. Um, um, how about if, uh, so you've got somebody, let's say that, you know, whether they hear this podcast or whether they just in general uh, think about this, they want to become a ring announcer. They want to become a commentator. What's your suggestion to them? Like, where, do you, where should they start? Um, you can start with... Uh Offering services to just about any mm -hmm. wrestling company that's within your area sure. that would probably be the simplest place to start. Right. And um, honestly, like I said, a lot of these places use a lot of the same guys, so you're mm -hmm. probably going to find it difficult unless you have a, a promoter that is what like Mike 2 was for Compound. Mm -hmm. Mike understood that sometimes things were going to happen. Right. And if you have one commentator and his car breaks down mm -hmm. or... Um, they're sick or whatever, right. then you got to scramble. But if you have two, mm -hmm. then you always have the backup. And right. if something happens to one, the other one just has to carry the show that day. Um, that's what we do at Core. Uh, Anna Lynn and I, and even uh, Wade Argento, we, we do sometimes three of us right. share the ring announcings uh, for that. And uh, Nathan and Audra know that if um, if one of us is gone, there's at least two other people that can. They can right. hang around and, and uh, be ready to go at, at a moment's notice. Um, so you can try that approach. Mm -hmm. um, and it maybe it, it might even take a situation where you have to kind of wait your turn. Mm -hmm. um, but if you show up and let the promoters know, I have this background, I, I have this skill set, I'm willing to do a tryout. Mm -hmm then um, right. there may be a situation where it's not available right now, right. but maybe a few weeks, maybe a couple months down the line, they can find something to, to put you in for. And if they can't, sometimes the promoters can like refer on, hey, sure. we need an announcer for X show on X date. Our right. regular announcer isn't going to be there. Does anybody know anybody? Yeah. Well, there's this guy. He hasn't had the chance to work yet, but... I've heard him. Mm -hmm. He sounds good. Maybe you could use him on on this show. Give right. it a try that way. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. That's. I mean, you just got to get yourself out there, get your information to the people that matter, and let them know that you're interested. Like yeah. that way, they 
they have you and they could they might call upon you someday to need you or you could just be there helping as well until a position opens so no I totally agree with that um, is there anything is there anything that you do between shows mm -hmm. other than just uh, and I'm not really just talking about like researching someone but that's important too but like um, what do you do uh, is there anything that you do to keep your to keep your voice prominent to keep oh. your like anything whatsoever you have a theater background I know that right um, so just Anything at all that you do that you think adds to your skill level as a as a vocal performer? Um, outside of what I was trained in terms of uh, of theatrical projection mm -hmm. uh, with, I don't necessarily know that there's anything mm -hmm. that I consciously do. Okay. Uh, I know how to project. I know how what where my diaphragm is and how to sure. use it. Uh, I know that I have to. Uh, especially if I come in, like, you know, allergies is a terrible thing here in Oklahoma right, right. at pretty much all times of the year. Yeah, no so if they're affecting me and I can walk into a show knowing that they're affecting me, mm -hmm. then I know that I have to be a little, I may have to scale things back a little bit. Instead mm -hmm. of giving a 10, I give about a 9.1 right. so that I don't accidentally blow my voice before we get to the main event. Uh, keeping hydrated yep. is really important. Keeping sure. keeping mm -hmm. lots of water uh, for broadcasting or for ring announcing, either one, but especially for broadcasting. Right. I I would regularly go through at least three bottles of water right. in a broadcasting session for a regular IZW broadcast. Mm -hmm. For pay-per-views, it would be often closer to four or five, right. it, depending on whether I was working alone or not. And uh, that was... Uh, yeah, those were those. I, had to, I learned that one again, kind of on the job. I went up there with one bottle one time and thought, "Oh, this will be fine." And a quarter of the way through the show, it was empty, and I'm like, "Well, crap! I can't go anywhere to go get some more. Yep. I'm gonna have to tough this one out." And yep. learned, yeah, that's let's uh, let's pre-prepare for that. You learn the hard yeah. way, but that's okay. That's and then you spread it on to others to be yep. prepared so they don't make the same mistakes. No, I absolutely agree. Well, anything we missed, Burnham? Anything you want to talk about specifically outside of those two realms or including those two realms that you'd like to hit upon today? Uh, no, I think, I mean, I, I think yeah. I've told the stories that I came in here wanting sure. to tell. And um, I just, I think the, just kind of really to sum up, if you're, mm -hmm. if you're looking to break in uh, to this, um, it, it, I think we've laid the foundation as far as what skill sets and what Absolutely. expectations yeah. you should have to have. And if you're a promoter or a wrestler listening to this, um, hopefully, we've we've done what we need to do in order to emphasize how important these positions are. Uh, just don't take them for granted. Uh, we, uh, if if promoters, just oh yeah, one 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 pet peeve. Promoters, make sure that when you're setting um, chairs out at mm -hmm. tables for announce teams, yeah. that. You don't just count the announce team; you count the ring announcer there too. There have right, been so right, many right. times I've had to go fetch a chair for Tuck because yes. he won't do it himself. Yeah, yeah. And I get to the announce team for the table first, and I look, and there's two two chairs, right. and I know there's three of us, and I just shake my head and go, yes. ah. yeah. And then reach and grab a chair somewhere to sit down for Tuck because he you needs know, it. Don't leave a man. So out. Yeah, yeah, don't let don't leave a guy standing. <laughs> and make sure you have a place for them because there have been times that I have also right. gone to shows, and I know I'm booked as the ring announcer, right. and I will go you know, 20 minutes or so just to kind of go out and walk at the field, feel the ropes sure. are, make sure that they're where I can get in and out easily right. and look around and go, I don't see a table and I don't see a bell and right. where am I supposed to sit? Yeah. Where am I going to be? Yeah. And it's in, and I'm not saying it's all the time, but at least 25% of the time it's because the promoter is gone. It's not thought about us right. because again, we're not the primary focus and sure. I get that, Sure. but we still, we need to be taken care it's, of. It. You absolutely yeah. need to be taken yeah. care of because you are very important to the show. Like I, I, I absolutely agree with that. Well, all right. I absolutely love this conversation. Um, 
anything you need to plug, promote, social media, anything whatsoever you'd so, like to throw out there? Uh, obviously, as you mentioned earlier, I do have a website, yep. um, www.oklafan, O-K-L-A-F-A-N.com. Mm-hmm. It's your one-stop shop resource for anything connected to Oklahoma wrestling, past and present. Absolutely. Uh, I do have um, a Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash thefactman, where I promote uh, anything from connected to wrestling uh, in that regard, and uh, like I mentioned earlier, um, I know these are on a bit of a delay, but I'll be at the Oklahoma City Pop Festival sure. working for uh, at least one of the shows, the three shows that are on that weekend, mm-hmm. and then I actually get a weekend off nice. uh, over July 4th weekend, and then I'm back uh, working show. I'll be at, a, I'll be at the um, uh, Phoenix International Wrestling Show in Oklahoma City, and the next day at Majestic Championship Wrestling, I'll be making my, de- my debut in Seminole, nice. Oklahoma, right. uh, managing Brawler Morrison there. Uh, but I'm pretty much every weekend uh, somewhere, so if you see a wrestling event uh, on the upcoming events section on Oklafan, you can kind of be guaranteed that I'll be at right. them somewhere, and if there's only one show, you know where to find me. That's right. Chris Burnham, is, is he's, he's, uh, he's on the road just like you are, wrestlers. He's making the drives. He's doing the drives. He's out there hitting the pavement. Well... Awesome, Chris. Thank you so much for sitting down with us today. I really appreciated this. Um, um, awesome info out there for any aspiring broadcaster or announcer or et cetera, or just wrestlers who need to know that you got to treat these people like they're yep. important as well because they are important. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast, where we teach you the skills that you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it. <laughs>